0: Hey, I'm Dr. T, and this is That's Totally Normal, a podcast dedicated to explaining what's happening to your body during puberty. On this episode, body hair. Let's face it, it's one of the weirder parts of puberty. Periods, testicle enlargement, and growth spurts all make sense, but body hair? Why? Whenever I started puberty, I saw a change, and I'm like, why is my hair so long, like, all of a sudden? So I feel like it's not, like, most people are like, It's just, you know, your leg and that type of area. I'm like, no, like my eyebrows also were like suddenly have a hint of color. I feel like like facial hair, like a peach fuzz for me because obviously, and then private areas as well. In order to explain why we get body hair during puberty, we have to start at the beginning. As we've discussed on previous episodes, there are many parts of puberty that are not shared between all bodies. But here's something that is. Adrenarchy. The name adrenarchy essentially means turning on the adrenal glands, which are little organs that sit on top of your kidneys. And what exactly is turned on? It's production of adrenal androgens. Buckle up here for a quick hormone lesson. Hormones are little molecules that circulate throughout our bodies and impact all sorts of things like mood, nutrient storage, and, of course, puberty. There are a few different classes of hormones, which we'll talk about in another episode. But the type of hormones that cause body hair are called androgens. Androgens are actually a huge class of steroid hormones with a bunch of different subtypes. But for today's hair discussion, the subtypes to know about are the adrenal androgens, or the androgens that are released by the adrenal glands, and testosterone. Now, this is an important point. We distinguish adrenal androgens from testosterone because they have different effects on the body. Understanding this can help explain why all bodies get pubic hair, which is largely caused by adrenal androgens, but only those born with male body parts get a lot of facial hair, which is largely caused by testosterone. And that brings us to our first question. Hello, I would like to ask you a question. I am a 16-year-old boy and I've had all the signs of puberty, like hair around my penis and testes, and I have a little bit of armpit hair, but my balls haven't dropped and my penis hasn't grown. Any help? Let's answer this by jumping back to adrenarche. Adrenarche happens to all bodies and describes the initial production of things like pubic hair, body odor, and acne. And while adrenarche is technically considered to be a part of puberty, It's actually a totally separate signaling process from the other parts of puberty, like testicle enlargement, which is primarily run by testosterone, and periods, which are run by a whole bunch of hormones, including estrogen. For reasons we still don't quite understand. The adrenal glands generally ramp up production of androgens at a time that coincides with the other events of puberty. But the signaling pathways aren't related at all. The whole point of this is that even though different sexes experience some different parts of puberty, we all have adrenal glands, and so we all go through adrenarchy as a shared part of puberty. See? We're all in this together. Aww. From a medical standpoint, we can break down pubertal body hair into three main types. Pubic hair, underarm or axillary hair, and facial hair the three top contestants in the, is this really necessary competition? Up first is pubic hair. The release of androgens from the adrenal glands promotes development of thicker, coarser hair in the private area. For those with female body parts, pubic hair is primarily on the mons pubis, or the front of the pelvic bone, and around the edges of the vulva, while those with male body parts generally see pubic hair around the base of the penis and testicles. But, uh, why? I think it's, like, also for the same reason that, like, nose hair, nobody talks about it, but exists for a reason. Um, it's mainly for our health. It's there to, like, keep all, like, bad stuff out, all the dirt, etc. And I think, like, there's this huge stigma against it, but, like, it's there for a reason. There are some theories as to why hair has been preserved in the pubic region through evolution. First, It's been proposed that pubic hair protects the underlying skin from friction during intercourse. Second, in other parts of the body, like the ears and the nose, hair plays an important role in stopping bacteria and other pathogens from entering the body. It's thought that pubic hair may also have a similar role in the genital region, creating a kind of buffer zone that filters out big bad germs. So whether you buy these theories or not, the fact remains that we all still have hair. Which brings us to our next question. How should we shave our sensitive area? I mean, do we have to shave the whole place or a part of it? Ah, the age-old question. To shave or not to shave. I'm going to tell you something right now that you need to remember. When it comes to issues relating to your body, whether it's the clothes you want to wear or consenting to a kiss, it is your choice and body hair is no exception. No one, including doctors, should have an opinion on what you do with your pubic hair. So if you want to let things stay as they are, fantastic. And if you want to trim or shave, good for you. But keep in mind that there are consequences to poor shaving technique. Namely, ingrown hairs and razor burn. Ingrown hairs are essentially hair follicles that instead of growing out of the skin, turn around and grow into the skin coiling up on themselves and causing little nodules. With time, they generally open up and fix themselves, but this can take a long time. They can also become red and tender because of the localized inflammation. Remember, hair is not supposed to be in skin. You might even get a little pus or fluid around the hair. Ouch! However, use of proper shaving technique, which includes soaps or shaving gels, fresh razors, and shaving in the direction of hair growth, can reduce the chance of getting ingrown hairs. Proper shaving technique can also help avoid something called razor burn. Razor burn is essentially a reaction of a collection of hair follicles to trauma or poor shaving technique. It looks like a bunch of small red dots or bumps and can be quite itchy. Applying moisturizer after shaving can be beneficial in reducing the incidence of razor burn, but it generally improves on its own. I've only shaved twice and that was my mom helping me and I I feel like I should do it more often, but I really don't because um, it kind of scares me. There's always that like hint of insecurity, like, should I shave? Should I, should I do this? Should I do that? And then like I look and I like, oh, you know what? I'm just going out with like really close friends. I'm not going to. And then I look back at photos, I'm like, it's not even noticeable. Why did like I spend hours thinking about it. Let's move a little higher in the body, to the armpits. Once again, androgens are to blame for armpit hair, but this time it's both the adrenal androgens as well as testosterone that cause armpit hair, which is why those with male body parts tend to have a little more hair there. Around the start of puberty, a few hairs might pop up and fill in the area, but with time, the hair becomes thicker and coarser, generally complementing the puberty timeline. Why armpit hair? These arguments, I think, are a little more convincing. One theory guesses that we have armpit hair because it acts like a wick, pulling sweat from the armpit and helping with cooling. Another theory guesses that hair can cut down on the friction that is produced when two segments of skin are constantly in contact. Either way, axillary hair is there, but it's up to you whether you want to shave it or not. Just follow the proper shaving techniques we already discussed. And finally, facial hair. While this one is primarily for those born with male body parts, it's quite possible for adrenarchy to cause darker facial hair in those with female body parts. One major factor in female facial hair development is genetics, meaning that darker facial hair might just run in your family. But too much adrenal androgen signaling can cause abnormal amounts of facial hair. So if you ever have any concerns about female facial hair, talk with your doctor. For those born with male body parts, adrenal androgens get the ball rolling by filling in darker facial hair in the mustache and beard distribution, and testosterone finishes the job. For this reason, adult-like facial hair development is not considered to be a part of adrenarchy. But why does facial hair generally fill in after puberty? If you think closely about what happens during male puberty, you might be able to guess why. Testosterone is one of the major products of the testicles. Throughout puberty, the testicles are slowly growing until they reach adult size, which generally marks the end of puberty. Only when things are fully functional can the testicles finally produce enough testosterone to signal full hair growth on the face, which is why we don't consider facial hair to really be a part of puberty, though it's definitely a part of the male development process. Shaving facial hair can be a little more tricky, and really not something that you'll likely have to worry about for a while. Because your facial hair is visible, some jobs and schools will have expectations on how one should groom facial hair. Fortunately, there are countless products on the market, including electric razors and aftershave, that help reduce ingrown hairs and razor burn on the face. When the time comes, they'll be worth considering. So let's close with a few important points. First, the amount of body hair you have is genetic. There's nothing wrong with a lot of body hair or a little body hair. Everyone is just a little bit different second your body is your body and it's your choice whether or not you want to shave everything some parts or nothing at all and third you are never alone for better or for worse we all go through adrenarchy. so this puberty struggle is shared by everyone which makes it kind of special before we go i want to thank you all for listening to that's totally normal if you ever have any questions for me submit them via my website on Seeker's social media or write to us at that's totally normal at seeker.com. Remember, everything is completely anonymous, which means we won't use your name on the show. However, if you are really concerned about something going on or you think you need medical attention, please talk to a doctor, parent, or an adult you feel safe talking to. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate it. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I want to thank Noah and Bogey for sharing their thoughts on today's topic. Noah and Bogey are ambassadors for AMAZE. AMAZE takes the awkward out of sex ed. Real info in fun, animated videos that give you all the answers you actually want to know about sex, your body, and relationships. Visit AMAZE.org for videos on puberty, sexual orientation, gender identity, healthy relationships, and more. That's Totally Normal is a podcast created by Seeker and Tracks. The show is hosted and written by me, Dr. Tessa Commerce. Emily Feld is our producer. Caroline Roth, Brian Simagala, and Matt Morales are our Seeker producers. Our editor and sound designer is John Ross. Our executive producers are Brett Kushner and Brian Pendergast. Thanks for listening. Support for TRAX comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. This is TRAX from PRX.